We are so excited to share our podcast sponsor for this season of Millennial Women Talk, the American Heart Association Hispanic Serving Institution Scholars Program. The mission and vision of the HSI Scholars Program is to provide an academic year of scientific research experience, professional mentorship, leadership skills, workshops, and cultural competence training to promising undergraduate students at HSIs. The program aims to prepare future physicians, nurses, researchers, healthcare administrators, and public health professionals. The HSI Scholars Program will also award a stipend scholarship to a total of 30 students, representing institutions in Florida, Puerto Rico, Chicago, Houston, New York, and Los Angeles. As Latinas ourselves, we strongly support Hispanic-serving institutions across our country. The inaugural year of the program was widely successful, and we are thrilled to announce that 30 new finalists will be a part of the second year. Students who are a part of the program will have the opportunity to attend the American Heart Association Scientific Session in Chicago this year and get connected with the association's healthcare network that is ongoing and could lead to potential career opportunities. We want to thank the American Heart Association Hispanic Serving Institution Scholars Program for sponsoring this season of Millennial Women Talk. We are honored to support their mission of serving diverse researchers and healthcare professionals by providing undergraduate students with academic and career enriching resources. Our community deserves access to education in order to build better health equity. If you or someone you know is interested in entering the HSI Scholars Program, check out the link in the description for more details. And now let's jump into today's episode. Hey everybody, my name is Melissa Karkache. And my name is Stephanie Karkache, and we are two sisters and also the hosts of Millennial Woman Talk, the podcast. Yes. Today's episode was so, so fun. We so got the fun. chance to speak with Jay Flores. He's a global STEM ambassador, and he just has this passion to encourage youth into careers in STEM. Yes, and we learned so much, right? So like, that really math and science is needed in everyday life, which I was not a math and science person, so I was like, oh yeah, I do need that. And really showcasing, you know, and promoting children and the youth to just be curious and to really follow your heart and then your mind and reverse engineer yes. your goals. So we learned so many things, not just about the STEM industry, but really about practical life and really great tips and tricks for, for parents as well. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and here's our conversation with Jay Flores. Jay Flores, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Appreciate y'all having me. Of course. <laughs> you are a STEM ambassador. I just have to let you know, like, what I love the most about you is just like the passion that you have surrounding just encouraging mainly the youth in pursuing careers in STEM. Tell us, like, how did that even begin? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so... I think that passion and that energy comes from because it, it came from my heart. It came from me being impacted first, right? So I'm the first engineer in my family, at least with a degree. Uh, I consider my father to be the smartest engineer I know, but he got it through military training, not through um, college education. And um, so my parents got me from like diapers to high school graduation, right? In terms of everything I would need and 
guidance and direction in education. But then after that, it was like this path of, you know, what do I do next? And, and how do I navigate this place that no one in my family has ever been? Uh, I'm also the oldest of all of my siblings and cousins. So I didn't even have that kind of like guidance in terms of someone to ask for advice and tips there. And there was a lot of organizations and companies that did outreach that helped me kind of make that path a little bit easier and allowed me to have the success that I have today. And I realized that there was a lot of other kids in my community that didn't have that same kind of exposure, that same kind of guidance and mentorship. And so I wanted to make sure that other kids that look like me, that and even those that don't, any, anyone that wants to make a difference in the world via STEM, but especially those that come from communities similar to mine, would have someone that looked like them and would provide some of that guidance. Yeah, I love that. And and why STEM? Why science? Like, how were you introduced, you know, to the to to that idea? Mm -hmm. So I was blessed again. My parents are the best to have parents that allowed me to be curious and allowed me to explore. So recently we were watching uh, home videos on like VHS. We bought a VCR player and, and we were watching them at my parents' house the other day in this box of old movies that they had from when we were kids. And when I was three, I was designing my first airplane and it was made out of wow. couches, uh, couch cushions, right? So it's not anything <laughs> like super fancy or like I was some crazy <laughs> smart kid. I was just very curious and my parents allowed me to explore that curiosity and I wouldn't get in trouble when I started messing around with things. Um, and eventually like that grew into learning, oh, you know, math and science is a way that you can uh, create things. And then my mom's side, uh, she's an elementary school psychologist. So she was always about helping people and helping youth. And so I kind of found a way to connect both the creating and building side from my dad as a, as a military trained engineer, and then the helping people and especially helping youth side from my mother and turn that into hey, you know, engineers just solve problems. And this is the type of problem I want to solve. And that's what eventually grew into my career. I love that. Because you believe that everybody is an engineer in their own right, right? A hundred percent. So like from the time you're born, everything is an experiment. Like everything mm -hmm. is new. Everything is like you're trying to learn. And I had that environment where I was allowed to experiment. I was allowed to explore. When I asked questions, I didn't get like, shut down or told it, it's just the way it is or stop asking right. questions. And, and I can feel the pain from parents because toddlers like to ask a lot of questions and it goes down this path <laughs> that like never ends. But it's really important to allow them to explore that because that's what then kind of creates that creative flow and juices in, in their mind that it encourages them to do the innovation later on. Um, and it, I think we have it wrong in terms of what society looks for when they think of engineers or scientists they think like oh the kids right. that are good in math and science are the ones that are going to be good engineers but i think it's more so those that are really curious and creative that then learn like how they can use math and science to solve the problems they care about you don't necessarily have to like love math right away i wasn't the biggest fan of math i would always mm -hmm. ask why would i ever need to use this again in my life <laughs> and it's just when <laughs> i found I those <laughs> exactly i feel like everyone's asked that at some yeah, point yeah like, there's no way this thing matters but what, <laughs> what i found was that it's not the equations that matter it's what you can do with those equations that matter and that's what makes okay. them special uh, and i just want more kids to be able to see that and more parents to be able to hey even if you don't know the answer even if you personally weren't 
like really enjoying math and science when you're younger, you can still help guide that process of curiosity. Yes, curiosity. Yeah. And and other generations, wouldn't you say, like I know for my parents, it was like when adults are talking, you don't interject, right? Even if they did have that curiosity, it's mm -hmm. like we kind of shut down that curiosity a lot without even realizing, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, when adults are talking, like I mentioned yeah. as an example, it's like you don't talk. Or, you know, kids also really love to ask but why, Dad? Right? That was well, you that all was, the time. That, I was that child. I was the <laughs> why. Like, oh my God! You know, because it is what it is, right? We grew up with Cuban parents, and all I would say okay. was, "Y por qué, papi? Por qué?" Like that's all I kept saying. And there's videos of me, and my dad was so annoyed, and he's like, "I don't know." Right? Like, what would you tell to parents? Like, because I remember my dad saying that to me, and he was like, "I would tell him, por qué, papi? X." He'll go, "Oh, because it is what it is." Right? And that was it. You know, what would you say to parents like to encourage to speak to help kids this curiosity kind of, you know, kind of run wild, you know, because they could be leaving a potential career on the table yeah. in my eyes. A hundred percent. And so I think a lot of times it comes out of the fear of not knowing the right answer or, or even maybe not sounding oh. smart. But that's not the important part. The important part is the, the journey. Right. So there's a lot of really, really smart scientists and engineers that when you're trying to do kind of groundbreaking things or inventing new technologies, it's more failure than success. Like you're just tr keep trying and figuring out yeah. things until you eventually you get to an answer. And it may not even be the answer you're looking for. It may be, be something else. And I'll, I'll give an example. We have a four year old uh, cousin that is like kind of like a daughter to us and we love mm -hmm. kind of exposing her to things and we started doing experiments with her when she was three years old and the first experiment we did included vinegar and baking soda as part of the experiment and a couple of days later her mom sent me a video and she was mixing baking soda and orange juice and she was like experimento oh, wow. and like <laughs> it, it doesn't do anything like <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't matter. Like what matters is that right. she's curious and she's exploring. Like, so to her yeah. experiments was like mixing baking soda with stuff, which yeah. isn't yeah. necessarily always going to do something. But again, she's in the process of experimenting. She's like playing with the world and figuring out how things work and why. And, and that's what's more important than getting the right answer or or even knowing. So if, if you're a parent and you're, and you're still struggling with that, just like, continue to go down that path, explore with them. You don't need to, to be the expert, just go down that path with them and maybe even pose some questions to them back so that they'll continue to explore off on their own. Yeah. You I know, I that. think it's interesting. Like when, when you hear the word STEM, many people feel like it's so abstract and kind of like, Ooh, well, what, what is that? What is that? And I really love, you know, some of the stuff that I've heard from you is like STEM careers in STEM really ultimately is just like problem solving. Mm-hmm which I absolutely love. Can you talk a little bit about just careers in STEM in, in general and just kind of take away that abstract feeling that many people have towards just STEM in general? Yeah, 100%. So I think anybody and everybody can have a big idea. And it's just like surrounding yourself with the resources and the people and the tools or, or gaining skills yourself in order to make that idea come to reality. So it's like you said, it's just problem solving and you get to decide what types of problems you want to solve. And so uh, the equation uh, for F equals MA, so maybe you're familiar, force equals math times acceleration. I like have a little twist on that. Fun equals math times application. I love so that. So there's not a lot of people that just 
like math just because it's math, right? Just to do problems. <laughs> There's not very many people that are like that. Um, but if you don't have the understanding of some math and science, then you might not be able to do anything with that application that you care about. Let's say you want to cure cancer or you want to send um, someone to the moon or you want um, cars that don't pollute, right? If you don't have the math, you can't actually do any of that, right? You have a good idea, but you can't actually make that into a real technology. Now, if you don't have the application, um, then that's not going to go anywhere either, right? Because you could be really smart, but if you're not passionate about the particular topic you're working on, you're not really going to innovate that far. And so what I try to do is lead with passion first. And I try to reach kids and like, what do you like already? What are you passionate about? That could be anything, again, from space to cereal. And just helping them see the science and the math and the technology behind whatever it is that they already like. Because those are the people, the ones that have something that they really care about, that then gain the skills that they need in STEM that then actually go off and change that industry or potentially the world. Right. You know, it's funny because, and I'll speak from my personal experience, you know, I mean, math and science, I mean, I was like, oh, I wasn't very good at it. You know, I thought like we talked about earlier, I was like, why do I even need this? Like, you know what I mean? But it's, I also feel like we weren't educated enough to understand like what you're explaining right now, right? Mm -hmm. How you said like space to cereal or like, you know, right how, you know, what would you say, or what would be the best way to really start exposing, you know, the, the youth really to this field? Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, I'll bring it back to this as well. Entrepreneurship, right? It's so yeah. popular. Everybody wants to have a business. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Is there a way to marry the two? Like if somebody, if there is a, a young kid interested in having his own company, what would that even look like in a STEM environment? Yeah. So a hundred percent. One, um, let, let's start with the first part of that is it's again, it's literally everywhere. And one of my favorite partnerships is I'm a, a mystery science guide for discovery education. So we answer questions that K to fifth graders submit. And that's everything from like how were Lego bricks invented to like talking about how ice cream is made. And mm -hmm. that's what I love about that is I'm exposing people to places where there is STEM that they would have never thought, right? Like when you think of manufacturing, you think of like making cars or like dirty environments. You don't think right. about making ice cream. And so I love finding those really fun examples and, and showcasing that, again, no matter what it is that you're excited about, you could list anything. I could go to any kid in the world and ask them what they're passionate about. And there's going to be some way to attach technology to that. Um, and, and the more you can attach your STEM skills to it, the more likely you're able to either want to have a career in that space that you love, because there's always going to be a demand for STEM roles in that space. Um, and then also, if you are really good in that space and your passion, you want to really innovate and change it, then that's what leads to the entrepreneurship avenues. Now, the challenge is like, what part of that entrepreneurship journey do you want to take on? Do you want to be a founder right, of, of a, an organization or a company? Are, are you more someone that's like a fundraiser, right? So you're the one that's going to be pitching and getting um, support. Are you a marketer? You're going to take that idea and put it off on TikTok and Instagram and really help people, people see it. Um, or are you really the tech person behind it? And you're going to design the app or you're going to figure out the formula that's required for this product, whatever it may be just identifying where you want to play in there. But no matter 
what type of company you're starting, um, having a tech background or at least just being STEM savvy or literate is going to make you better off, right? Because even if it's just like knowing how to create your website or creating an app, like there's so many different ways that those skill sets are going to help you out as an entrepreneur. Right. Let's get a little bit practical. Like how, what are those tools or steps or like, you know, so let's say you, uh, you know, a young kid wants to have his own business, you know, does he have, like, what does he do for school? Like, or does he, what kind of classes does he take to sort of apply the STEM sort of like skill set to his or to his or her business? Like, tell me a little bit more about the one, two, three steps of getting there. Yeah. So there's a lot of great organizations. One I work with is called Invention Convention. Um, I also work with First Robotics and First Lego League at at younger ages. These are kind of after school, uh, sometimes in school organizations that allow you to have a fun and safe place to experiment and invent. Um, And I think that's the the way to start, right? Whether that's like a science project that you have to do for school, choose a topic that you're passionate about and start designing there or getting into something like invention convention where uh, you can submit your ideas and potentially, you know, go on to a national event or receive awards or scholarship money, whatever it may be. But really it comes down to just thinking, okay, one, what am I passionate about? What What do I care about? Two, in that area that I'm passionate about, I care about, is there something that I think is a problem or something that I think could be cooler or more fun? Because it doesn't always have to be like change the world, cure cancer, right? Like we can also just make things cooler and more exciting. Yeah. And and, um, so like if you can find that area that you're passionate about, identify a problem or an improvement, and then just start exploring and experimenting in that space and, you know, what kind of ideas come up around. And then as you start formulating one of those ideas that you really like, then you want to get it out there, right? So uh, whether that's like focus groups, it's asking friends and family or like going out into community and saying, hey, this is my idea or my product. What do you think about this? Um, Until you eventually, you know, people say, yeah, I have that same exact problem or, oh yeah, I think that would be so cool if we could do X, Y, or Z idea. Um, and then that kind of gives you that, that feedback to then go off and, and start expanding your idea and exploring further. I love yeah. that. What would you like wish that parents would do more parents or teachers towards the youth to kind of encourage this curiosity and just more so lead them into, into STEM? What, what would be your advice for people right now? Yeah. So if I like dig deep into the core of what, what, who I am and how I got here. Like there's a couple moments in my life where I took like big leaps that may have been like really scary, but for every reason, I just had the confidence to go and say yes. And I think that stems from having parents that truly believed when they said you can go and do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, and they usually like, as long as you work hard at at the end of it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I had like this confidence and whenever I had a crazy idea or I wanted to create, like I said, that little airplane in the basement that was made out of couches uh, as a kid, like my parents were like, go for it. And we believe in you and we support you. Even if you don't know a hundred percent what that means or how they're going to get there, like lead with confidence. Most parents often try to protect their kids and they end up hurting them because they think about the hardships or the barriers or, or like we've never had someone in our family that's done that. Maybe you should do something that's more like what we've done. Like that's the most detrimental thing. And parents do it with good intentions, right? But 
always lead with confidence towards their dreams. Uh, I'll give you an example of one that's popping up a lot now. The, the top thing that kids want to be nowadays is a YouTube influencer. Yeah. Right. That's the, the number one thing that they want to do as a career. You know, it used to be like athlete and like pop singer and, yeah. and stuff right. like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Was that you well, guys? We were growing up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Well, Time we, well, changed. We were... <laughs> exactly. So now it's YouTube star. And so most parents will be like, ah, no, that's not a career. Like, you know, no puedes hacer dinero con eso. You can't make money with that. Okay. Like, that's just right. crazy. One, kids are making like millions of dollars uh, unboxing toys on YouTube. So that's been kind of like debunked. I, I wish I would have started that when I was a kid, right? Um, but two, instead of like leading with a barrier or a no, kind of lead with something in terms of confidence in that direction. But then if, if you have the parent in you still, think about what skills they can gain from a YouTube experience that they can apply to other careers that you might know or be right. comfortable with. So whether that's like marketing or graphic design or search engine optimization, coding, right. like whatever it is that owning an, a successful YouTube channel, like skills you could get from so that even if the YouTube channel doesn't succeed, they have gained something and they weren't just like messing around with their iPhone and uploading random weird stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, even like a business proposal, right? You you want to, hey, child, you want to make money unboxing toys on on YouTube? How are you going to, you know, build a proposal to these companies so that they'll send you toys? Mm -hmm. Like all of those are valuable skills. And hopefully the YouTube channel blows up and they do well and they get to do what they love and, and, and go off and be that YouTube star. But if not, at least they've gained a valuable skill and you didn't shut down their dreams in either direction. Yeah. yeah, I actually really like that you point that out because there is a lot of skill sets happening in that whole YouTube star, right? So like if you're mm -hmm. editing, you're editing, right? You can be mm -hmm. an editor and, and kind of explore those skills, marketing, like some of the things that you're saying. And I think that sometimes um, we just see that one thing, right? So like mm -hmm. YouTube star, but you don't see that there's actually many opportunities and many skills that you're actually developing in that and also encouraging to people who go out for it but then also like if that didn't work really explore the other skills that you have obtained and explore other things right because i think that that's really interesting it's like oh it didn't yeah. work out as a youtube star because we're using this example but right. it's like there's other opportunities with the skills you have learned now that you can go out and explore so i really like that perspective a lot I mean, would you say that that STEM is beyond the medical side of things and engineering? Because, you know, when I think of STEM, I think of engineering and I think medicine. Nassau. Yeah, I yeah. do think of Nassau, too. <laughs> you know, but for, but for kids looking to get into this field, I feel like they only see those two things, right? But in yep. reality, you can apply to other things. Can you explain that a little bit further for somebody like, like me? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's especially... I mean, that's one thing that as an industry or engineers and, and especially in communities that kids might be growing up and not having engineers as role models in their families or many right. in, around them in their community, um, we need to do a better job of explaining. But just think of any major company you've ever heard of, um, Coca-Cola, um, Google, Disney. Um, Disney, exactly. Disney's a fun example, right? There's so <laughs> much engineering that goes into making yeah. rides possible. Yeah. Um, so I, when I started my engineering career, I worked for a company called Rockwell Automation. So they automated processes for all kinds of customers. 
um, both Coca-Cola and Disney <laughs> were <laughs> some of those customers. I personally worked with Coca-Cola. So basically I helped them make more soda, you know, faster, safer, more efficient, lower cost, um, wow. you know, less wasted materials. The, so cool. We went behind in making that possible. And if, if you haven't been to a Coca-Cola facility, like you would have no idea. It's just kind of, we take those things for granted. It just shows up on our shelf. Right. And you exactly. can purchase it. Right. But someone decides what goes into that. And let's actually go back to cereal. Cause I love the cereal example, like <laughs> yes. lucky charms. Someone's job is to determine how much like marshmallow, like awesomeness versus like other <laughs> stuff that they put in there. I've always wondered cereal. how they get it right. I know. I'm like, do right? they tell per little box? How many? Yeah. How many is it? Like the colors, like what if you got a bag of all, yellow m&ms aside from like maybe no, that you won I'm some kind of prize like wouldn't that be weird to you like what happened and so what, could, what else could be, be wrong weird. with this although ones with the all brown ones i wouldn't mind a bag with <laughs> <laughs> or the, the flavor of skittle that you like the most for the right yeah, but there's people that have to think about these things and there's people that have to design the machines and the processes that make that happen so even something as Incredible. simple as skittles or, or m&ms or imagine um this actually happened to me once. I had an Oreo where the cookie cover was on the wrong way. And I thought about How it. How could that happen? Like, right? <laughs> I thought about it for a second. I was like, what else could be wrong with this Oreo? I don't and think I, I should eat this bag. <laughs> I ate it anyways because I love Oreos. Like, that's I mean, it's Oreos. Yeah, you got to eat it. <laughs> but you have to think about that. And, and like, imagine if the label was wrong uh, uh, upside down on a product that is like uh, potentially dangerous for you. Would you, would you question oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Um, there's so many little things that we just take for granted in that process that people have to design and, and solve for. And so this just goes to show again that we've used very silly and fun examples like cereal and, and um, shampoo and bottles or whatever, right? And Oreos. <laughs> but this is things that are careers for people. And oh, yeah. that if you gain the right skills, you get to be there. The, the reason I found cereal is because uh, as an example, I use a lot is because I was at um, the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers Conference. It was my first engineering conference. I was a sophomore in college. And that year, it happened to be hosted around Halloween weekend. And I went wow. to the career fair and there was um, the Pillsbury Doughboy and uh, <laughs> and Lucky Charms, actually. And I was like, what student just like ruined their chances of getting an internship by showing up in like a costume? <laughs> and like... I went from like, oh man, this person is like so silly or like to then being the silly person because I look and the workshop was for General Mills, right? Because General Mills yeah. needs engineers. Oh, because, that, right, right. Yeah, because cereal doesn't grow on trees, right? And so <laughs> like all of these things just started to open my eyes to all these different examples. Um, a couple of years ago I did and, and I still like to do a lot of examples with sports because I know that's another thing that our society really celebrates and kids yeah. look up to. Um, and so I'm like, well, if I can connect STEM to sports, maybe I can get more youth excited about both. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just a wide variety of examples from how do you prevent football players from getting concussions with helmet technology? Mm, or wow. how do you create a shirt that when someone has sweat so much that they could potentially um, die of heat exhaustion or, or pass out or just be sick in any way, like it changes color so that they know that they need to hydrate. Like all these different wow. crazy ideas that Kids can start to explore. And let's say you love basketball and you really want to be LeBron James, but you're like me and you're not that tall and you're not that good at basketball. <laughs> like, but you're really creative. 
you right. can uh, like prolong your career in in sports by staying in the STEM side of sports. Mm, and that I, I just kept that. I just kept peeling these layers back and forth because yeah. think of all the owners. How many owners are actual basketball players? Right. Most NBA right. owners are tech uh, leaders that that bought teams. Yes. Like, LeBron James, I mean, sorry, not LeBron James. Uh, Michael Jordan is one of the few, and Magic Johnson are one of the few people that have ownership in teams, and they had to be like the best of all time. Right. So it's it just provides so many more opportunities, and and also for girls in sports, where the, sometimes yeah. the leagues don't provide that great of an opportunity, but you can continue your career and passion for sports via STEM and designing yeah. things for that for that passion that you have. Wow. Jay, you have such a gift of just like allowing people to see the many opportunities, right? Yeah. Like just in those examples, I'm like, are you working on making that like a solution? That shirt sounds so cool. And, you know, I just love hearing you because it is true. It's like, you know, you don't really think about these things, but there's so many opportunity. Like there's so Mm -hmm. much opportunity out there. And it's just, it just starts with, with that spark of just curiosity, right? Yeah. 100%. 100%. You don't have to be the smartest kid in the room. You just have to be the most curious and the one that's like going to keep asking that question and figure until you figure it out, right? Until you create that yeah. product or you work with a company to make it. Yes. I love that. Oh my gosh, Jay, you're like, you're incredible. What do you think is like the one piece of advice that you would share um, to a young adult or, or the youth, you know, that are just like, where do I even get started? Like, what's that first step to start educating myself in this field? Mm-hmm. Um. I think it goes back to the passion and I'm sorry, I keep leading that, but everything for me is from the heart. Like it starts yeah. in the heart and then it goes to the head. So I, I, the reason I feel like I've had a lot of success in my life and that's regardless of what it is, whether that was like seating in engineering or starting my own business, doing a Ted talk. Um, I was just on American Ninja Warrior this week. Like <laughs> so cool. those kinds of things all started with something that I was passionate about. It started with the heart. And then I started finding out um, in my mind, like what my vision for myself was there. And then I reverse engineer those processes. So I call it, I have a a process of making goals that I call reverse engineered vision goals. So you start with your passion, then you set a vision. So you set like a really big goal for yourself that would be like game changing. So like when I was first starting out as a speaker, like a TEDx talk was like a big deal, right? So I wanted to get a TEDx talk. So I set that vision and then I reverse engineer, okay, what kind of steps do I need to take to order to make that happen? Same with American Ninja Warrior. Like I watched the show, I'm very passionate about fitness and, and just like really enjoyed that process. So I set a vision for myself and started reverse engineering that goals. And sometimes it happens fast. My TEDx talk actually happened pretty quickly because I was doing a lot of speaking in STEM already and it kind of worked out. American Ninja Warrior took me 10 years to finally get wow. the call. I got rejected 10 years before I finally, you know, they said yes and, wow. and submitted it. And the reason why I was able to go down that path goes back to that first step. The first step started with the heart and a big vision. And then dissecting that vision into steps allowed that crazy goal to seem more manageable. But then also when I got the rejections or when I hit roadblocks, I was still viewing that all as steps in that direction. And so it didn't really, I mean, it's not easy, but it didn't completely discourage me. It didn't, I didn't give up because I had that vision. I had enough of a passion to keep going down that path and like little steps to take um, as wins, even when I had some rejections. 
So start with wow. the heart, get that big picture and reverse engineer it. Exactly. And I you can use that. that for anything. It doesn't have to be STEM. Any goal that you have in your life, just think of one game changing thing for you in the areas that you're most passionate about and then start reverse engineering what it takes. And, and I, I write them down. Um, I, I look at, like, I have a Google doc that I look at and like mm -hmm. every once in a while I try to, okay, like what step can I take today? What step can I take, um, you know, the next time I look at it and, and just start making progress towards them. Love it. I love it. Jay, where can people find you and follow you and all that good stuff? Yeah. So I think the easiest is my website is jfloresinspires.com. So J-A-Y-F-L-O-R-E-S inspires.com. If you scroll down to the bottom, you have all of my links to social media, but um, Instagram and TikTok is jfloresinspires. And then um, on LinkedIn or YouTube, just my name, Jay Flores, uh, you can find me there. And there's all kinds of great STEM content for youth. If you're a parent that wanted to, you know, start this journey that we talked about earlier, but you don't know where to go or where to start, I have plenty of great content that's family friendly, that's a lot of fun. Um, and it's, I, it, I like to make things that are as entertaining as they are educational. So your kids won't get bored or mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Jay, for being on our podcast today and really just being such a, a, a really an inspirational person for, for our Latino community and for, you know, kids and people all over the world. So thank you so much for your time today. We're so grateful. Thank you. I appreciate you all for the opportunity and I look forward to keeping in touch. Of course. Bye, Bye. Jay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as yes. we did. Jay is such an amazing person. And if you want to keep on following him, go check out his website, jfloresinspires.com. He has all of the links there. Yes. And please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, review all the things because that truly helps us continue to bring you great conversations just like this to you every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye, everybody.